I'm Asan, and this is an emergency episode of the Market Podcast on the 9320 Player. News is breaking. Manchester City Football Club are potentially trying to sign a footballer, a Brazilian no less, by the name of Lucas Paqueta. That's how you pronounce it. Lucas Paqueta from West Ham. Joining me to chat about that, what else they might do, how the summer's been whatever we fancy talking about i've got mr dom farrell afternoon dom hello mate how you doing yeah feeling good i'm good feeling very good you yeah i was um on pakatar which yeah i'm good on pakatar which i'm sure we'll, we'll get into in more detail um i was kind of surprised to see some of the negativity around that this morning online but i also understand why that probably is but i think he's a dead good player um but we'll 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 go into that in more detail i'm sure yeah, I mean, I, I certainly when I started asking people to do a podcast with me uh, about this particular subject, I didn't expect the number of rejections that I got. <laughs> and, and and mainly it was genuinely built around, I'll really rate him, you know. And and I was just a bit like, oh, okay. I went to my I went to my go-to Brazilian friend and and he went, Yeah, I'm not having that. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So yeah, there's definitely um it has definitely divided opinion. As a general question, to kick this off, do you think Premier League-based players tend to divide opinion? Yes, I do. Um, I, I think I think I saw this most prominently when when City were in for Kane, um, because yeah, that was to my mind. Obviously, things have worked out pretty well with Haaland, but to my mind, Kane was a made-to-measure perfect fit. But I think. The fact that he was so associated with Tottenham and people were so familiar with him meant there was some some um and ah in with some people in the fan base. And yeah, I just think generally buying someone from abroad who you don't watch every week, but you watch the YouTube clip and they look amazing. Um, yeah, I think there's that's an element. that, And then there's also the fact it's from the Premier League and it's signing from a team who, although they did well in Europe last year and picked up the Conference League trophy, they did finish lower bottom half um put it this way if city had been in had, had followed up their interest that i believe was there last summer when he was at leon a lot more excitement around it because you'd be signing a brazilian who played for leon and milan mm. and flamengo rather than signing west ham's second best player from last season that doesn't sound great but um yeah i, I do think and sorry then you throw in the idea that there's a premier league premium that you're probably paying more because premier league teams don't have to sell yeah, so I think a combination of all those factors can leave people lukewarm on into Premier League transfers. Yeah, I would completely agree. I, I've, I kind of, I. It's funny because whenever this happens, I always find myself going all the way back to the Kyle Walker summer, and I remember the sort of the negativity around the idea of City signing Walker, uh, and just being like similarly, like really, really, really surprised that seemingly very few people rated him i think i think there is that thing of in a way you're familiar with you feel like you're familiar with the player because they play in the premier league you have a little bit of a you know you will have played against that player in a you know what i mean like you have a little bit of negativity like you don't want you always look at yourself and go well we're better than spurs we don't need spurs players we're better than west ham we don't need west ham's players and i i do think i do think you're right that there is that sort of foreign thing of if you go to leon or go to fluminese in brazil and you start signing players from there i think in general the unknown quantity is what gets people excited 
Yeah, one thing I'd add to that is I, I remember thinking this vividly last year when West Ham were close to closing the deal for Pakita. That when you know you have, we have these conversations about competitive balance, both within the Premier League but also within European football, and like how was the Premier League becoming a de facto Super League? I thought that was the transfer that was like I couldn't believe he wasn't signing for a Champions League club mm. who he would undoubtedly have had those options, but he thought no instead. I'll sign for a team that probably won't finish higher than seventh in the Premier League. It was like, I remember thinking last year, wow, that is like, that's a statement of where the Premier League's at at the moment. That this guy, who I did really rate, was um, was going to West Ham instead of a Champions League club. Because, and th- th- I guess that's why I'm sort of pretty relaxed about City being linked to him. Because last summer I was thinking, well, he's, just, he's a Champions League midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I knew enough about him to know that he kind of, he had a difficult time at AC. I think he was at AC Milan before Leon, right? Yeah. And I think he had a really difficult time there. And then he's come to Leon, and in 12 months, he's just looked, he's just looked the all round midfielder. He really mm. excelled in, the, for me, the really interesting thing is that by all accounts, he can play anywhere. Like you can play him as a number six by himself. You can play him in a double pivot. You can play him as a 10. You can play him as an eight. At a stretch, you could stick him on one of the wings too. And I think that we know Pep. So fellas like that, that can play in four, five, six positions, he loves that. It, it, it gives... Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you saw that with him. With I seem to remember him having a really good World Cup with Brazil last year. And he was important because... Uh, teach their manager was like looking at how they use Neymar, whether Neymar played almost up in a front two or dropped into the midfield more. And and Pakatar basically facilitated all of that. It's like if, if Neymar was playing up front, he could sit in with, with Casemiro. If Neymar was playing deep, he sort of bounced off him as like one of two number 10s or two number eights or whatever. Um, yeah, he, he can sort of do all of that. But it's funny you mentioned him being at Milan. So I, I am weirdly... I saw him play for Flamengo when I was on my honeymoon in Rio. So I went to take in a game. Um, And it was when we was in Rio, they were playing Fluminense in like the big Rio derby. And Pacatar was just all over all the newspapers there because like the Milan thing was ramping up. And this was like basically it was going to be his last derby for him before he got the big move to Europe. And yeah, I mean, he looked dead tidy that day, but admittedly it's not, it's not the standard maybe people would, think Brazilian top flight football once was. But yeah, so it's been interesting sort of seeing him from that point to, as you say, Milan didn't really work out, but by all accounts, Leon was great. And people can be iffy about his West Ham form, but I reckon if you're playing as a starting central midfielder for Brazil, you're sort of doing all right. Yeah, and I just, I, I think, you know, the 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 reality is that the adaptation from the French League to the Premier League that's a really big jump in terms of intensity, quality, time on the ball, all of those things. And I think you saw in the second half of the season for West Ham, you saw his class, let's put it that way. You you saw yeah. the fact that, you know, he's got an eye for a pass, that he's a little bit of fella who can put his foot on the ball, kind of in the way that Gundo did. Yeah, he's a little bit of a, for me, he's a pauser player, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it just, it, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's, to me, it's a, it's an eminently logical transfer. There's very few center midfield players in the Premier League that you'd look at and you'd go, well, you know what? 
he could do a job at City. Um, but I think Paqueta, uh, along with Bruno at, at Newcastle, and I think because of Newcastle's season and the way that Eddie Howe likes to play and the way that they set up, obviously Bruno is much more highly rated than Paqueta is right now. But I would hazard a guess that if you gave Paqueta 12 months under Pep in our team, I think people might shift their views of him as well in terms of just how high his ceiling actually is. Yeah, um, I, I really like Bruno Guimaraes as well. But to say he's more highly rated, obviously not by Brazil, he's not. You know, Paqueta starts ahead of Guimaraes for Brazil. And I think there's also an element with Bruno Guimaraes that he's got that physicality about his game that just instinctively in England we like about midfielders. You know, he's a he's a wonderful player, but also he can he can smash through a midfield. You know the way that you know whether whether you go from people like Gerard to Torre, wherever the player's from, we like seeing a midfielder do that. Yep. Whereas Pakatar probably does the things now that City fans are probably very tuned into the little the little five ten yard passes, the little breaks into the box, football round the corner sort of stuff. He does all that. Um, yeah, I think he makes sense in a number of ways. Um, a couple of things I wonder about it because it's interesting that Guardiola could now sign if we and I know Kovacic will play a slightly different role but Guardiola could sign two creative central midfielders in the same window now he hasn't really for as much as Guardiola is associated with that type of player he hasn't really signed those guys since signing Bernardo in 2017 yeah you know so Gundian was the first guy through the door you know he really really has to like trust players and want them to play there you know We'll probably get on to how much time Phil Foden hasn't hasn't spent in the centre midfield. You know, Bernardo spent his first season playing on the wing when he did, and then it took a long time for him to be trusted to play with De Bruyne. He'd usually only play in the middle if De Bruyne wasn't around. So it takes a long time for Guardiola to sort of trust a player to play in there. However, I wonder how much of an influence that Kovacic adapting so seamlessly as a guy that seems to tick so many of the Guardiola-style boxes that Pakatar does. I wonder how much that has influenced this move, that like Pep thinks about, he brings a midfielder and it's going to take a bit of time, they need to gel. Kovacic sort of looks like he's been there for months. Mm. In, in I know it's only preseason friendlies, but it fits. And I wonder if that's maybe had a little bit of a change of thought and Guardiola goes, well, maybe just get another guy like that. And then... That does change the picture a bit for Phil Foden, which I think is the main reason why things about Premier League signings that you said before aside, I think what this means for Foden and what the City fan base feels and loves about Foden, I think that's really at the heart of the negativity this morning. So riddle me this then. Um, We tried to sign Jude Bellingham and throughout that process, nobody mentioned Phil and we tried to sign Declan Rice and throughout that process nobody mentioned Phil and yet suddenly this morning there's this kind of idea that this is really bad for Phil I don't really get it I I just think they're completely different players like they're they're both really talented and they're both really technical but they're almost completely different players yeah well well, I think the case with Bellingham Less so with Rice, but certainly with Bellingham is like the guy's just a phenomenon. You just sign him and then work it out from there. Um, 
I think the Rice move, that was happening before everyone had seen Kovacic in a City shirt and seen how he was going to fit in and how already people are thinking he might be a pretty important player this year. Um, yeah, it, it's tough with Fode. And, and the other thing is also, since the Rice move didn't happen, there's been this ramped up talk of it's going to be the season fold and plays in the middle. But the thing is, and, and Guardiola said this the other day when he said Phil can play in four or five positions. Guardiola's been saying that about Foden ever since he got in, since he came into the team because it's true because he can. But I think there's a time we have, we have to accept that Guardiola. First of all, Foden is still only 22, which is very very or 23, young 23, very young for a material player. Um, even though he's been around so long. Um, Guardiola still clearly is not 100% there that Phil has the pauser, the pauser elements to play as a number eight alongside De Bruyne. You know, maybe I would go along with the idea that if De Bruyne is not there, he's the guy to play there. I would share a lot of people's reservations about how Alvarez was used at the weekend, for example. But if De Bruyne is fit, Foden's not going to play in central midfield alongside him. That's just not happening. But if De Bruyne is fit, I think it's fair to say you still want Foden in the team. And I, I think the area of need for City right now will be replacing the goals and goal involvements that you lose when Gundian and Mares leave. I honestly think one of the best ways to try and work around that is Foden plays a season on the right wing where he can produce big goal returns. I mean, he played there fleetingly last year in, in amongst injuries and things like that. You know, He scored a hat-trick against United playing on the right wing. Um, and everyone was crazy about the Foden, Grealish, Haaland front three. Maybe we get to see more of that, because as much as Bernardo played there at the end of the season, that was very much a sort of European away game formation that kind of had legs and ran with it, and there was form, there was momentum, and you stuck with that. However City look next May will not look like they did in the treble running this year. It always evolved. There's always new guys that emerge. Um, And yeah, I think Foden's got a really important role in terms of filling in those Mares goal numbers. I think he's the most likely guy to do it in the squad. Um, and yeah, I'd, I, I, I totally get the appeal of Foden playing central midfield. And the fact he came on in the Champions League final and did it so well, everyone obviously swooned at that. I get that. But I don't think... If if Pakatar is a deal that can be done, I don't think, oh, well, what about Phil is, is really a legitimate counter-argument. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I completely agree with most of that. I don't think so. From my point of view, firstly, the the Phil Foden conversation is completely separate to the squad depth conversation. So my mm-hmm. issue, sort of, in the last couple of weeks, has been actually when you put down on paper what we've got, right? The squad's really thin, and one of the reasons it's really thin is because there's a bunch of lads there that you kind of look at and you go, he's not going to play. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.